The only thing we have to fear is fear itself, unless you live in Gitmo Nation. Time for your weekly review of our lives as we live them. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation East in the United Kingdom, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak up here in uh, Gitmo Nation West, northern Silicon Valley to be exact. I'm the just, place that doesn't exist. Uh, the place that doesn't exist, yeah. Yes, I'm sorry, I stepped on you. You are? John C. Dvorak. Yes. You may have heard of me. <laughs> Surely you've heard of me is what you're supposed to say. Oh, is that the line? <laughs> yeah, that's the line. Oh, okay. Surely you've heard of me. Surely that, you've that... heard of me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, John. How you doing? Okay. What is going on in uh, Gitmo Nation North? I don't know what. Have you been following Canada? Oh, because, oh yeah, they're going to have a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> they just mind. Yeah, no, it's pretty funny. They, they're very upset about this. I haven't followed it as closely as I'd like to. I would have, if I'd gone up to Washington this weekend, I would have been watching the CBC News and I would have a, have a better feeling for it. I do not understand why the Dish Network and um, uh, DirecTV and even Comcast do not give us a feed of the CBC it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and I mean, the CBC's got all these great shows, and it would give us the CBC National, the news, which is better than our news, by the way. It's an hour-long mm. news show that's quite good. And uh, we could keep up with this. And people, you know, the Canadians are always moaning, oh, you know, Americans don't even know who our prime minister is. Well, we would <laughs> probably if we had some opportunities to see what, because they watch our news. Yeah. Well, so anyway, the uh, prime minister of Canada, um, Har- what's his name Harper. again? <laughs> <laughs> Harper. Uh, I guess they wanted to kick him out. Well, see, they he went. There's this other guy, the opposition candidate, Stefan Dion, who's mm-hmm. who, who I could, wish I could do as an accent of good enough French French accent to uh, to to it, well, not in the Canadian version is flat. It's a weird accent, but anyway, they figured some way of doing a coalition. Uh, to even though the 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 par, Harper's party got more votes than ever and it's you know solid in office, but these guys have figured out some some scheme to actually yeah to 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 pull together, have a coalition, and actually put put Harper in the opposition. Yeah, to oust him essentially. Yeah, put him out. And so that so the, so here's here's the crazy thing. Here here's what blew me away. Um, and it just goes to show who really runs Canada. The uh, governor or governor general, I think, yeah, governor general of the Queen right. of England, yeah. <laughs> came in and and suspended Parliament. Yeah, I found it. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, time out. We're stopping play, boys and girls. <laughs> the Queen doesn't like what you're doing. I thought Canada was independent of the Queen. I, I don't know where I got this impression. Mm. Apparently. In the in the sixties, they tried to to, to to really sever the ties between uh, the Queen of England, and it was uh, "Bring the Constitution Home." I think was the slogan at the time, and uh, I guess they they never wound up doing it or not ratifying it or whatever. <laughs> it sounds like the Canadians. <laughs> uh, well, we got, oh know, shit! <laughs> we started the process. I thought we I I thought it. I thought we did it. You know. <laughs> or, oi, hey, didn't you do it? Hey. <laughs> So apparently, so the Canadians, they, they've not gotten their act together. Uh, 
I don't know. This is the weirdest thing I've seen for a while. And the Canadians are all, you know, in fits about it. But they have such a, they're so, they're, they, they have such a, a culturally, such a d- deeply ingrained sense of humor, I think, based on their own history, uh, that they, I just have to see what they're saying at this hour has 22 minutes, which is their, you know. Yeah, it's their satirical show, their, right? Yeah, and they have all the, you know, the politicians are always on the show. In fact, uh, Stefan Dion is, was, is like a regular. You know, they're always having him on. And he does, and he plays along. I mean, all these guys play along. It's, it's quite a funny show. Well, it, it, it really does blow me away that, uh, that this, I guess this guy is a part of the shadow government or whatever. Uh, he was going to get kicked out and the queen stops it. I mean, come on. That's, uh, and, and the Canadians just sit there and take it, I guess. I don't know what they, what choice they have. I mean, you know, uh, like, what do we uh, have? Strike, general strike, stop, uh, organize, yeah, you know, yeah, get they, angry. They could organize. That's, that's possible. And they have more, I mean, they have a kind of a socialist bent. They're, uh, so they, it would be possible for them to organize, but you know, sometimes the socialism uh, uh, angle is actually prevents you from uh, really taking a- action, which is the irony well, well, of socialism. Yeah. I mean, look, look at the, the in Russia, for example. I mean, the, or even in China uh, under communist rule. I mean, unions are like verboten. So how, how does that work? Yeah, it's. Um yeah. Well, that, yeah, that, that is kind of the problem. the means of productions. Beat down those union guys. Yeah, it's like in, in socialism, you wait for the government to tell you it's time to go protest. Yeah, that must be it. Yeah. They haven't been told. Speaking of satirical shows, man, it's too bad they don't have spitting image on anymore here. Remember that show? Yeah, you know, that show, they, they, they I love that show. And it was that, that show, they played it in the U.S. A, a couple of times, I think, on some PBS stations. And very few members, I think, of all the listeners that we have, 10 people have probably seen the show. Except maybe some of the, those British, the, Euro- the two British yeah. Europeans that watch the show. Anyway, uh, I thought the show was marvelous. I mean, they, they, these guys made these, uh, what happened to this team of people that made these crazy puppets? I have no idea. The, the, the puppets, of course, were fantastic, but the, you know, the, the situations and the storylines, which are very, very political, right. uh, was just awesome. But they, they when awesome. they did them over here, they did a lot of Americans, too. They had, I mean, I remember that. They had Reagan, uh, it was in that time, They had right? Sylvester Stallone, I remember this. Yeah, thing. yeah, Sylvester Stallone and Jackie Stallone, his mom. They had a puppet of her. <laughs> they had, there was a lot of, uh, Thatcher and Reagan. So if anybody doing stuff together. wants a description, the, the, these puppets would look like, uh, they look like really high end caricatures. They were not trivial puppets. I mean, they were... No. In fact, there's probably some pictures of them on the net somewhere. I mean, they were pretty amazing. Yeah, I don't know if it was a spitting image or the spitting image. I can't quite remember, but... uh, I think it was spitting, just spitting image, is what I recall. But anyway, yeah, that's too bad. This would be the era to do it. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Spitting image. Yeah, it is spitting image. 1984 to 1996 is when it ran. Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's all over Google. You can find it real easy. There's really no satirical programs at all. Not in the anymore, U.S. There's not. Think about it. I mean, no, they used to have I, I, something in the 70s that called That Was the Week That Was that kind of became uh, 
mm-hmm. avant garde, and everyone had to watch it every day. And then when they had some of the, they had some main, you know, mainstream uh, comedy variety shows right in prime time when they had the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. They had Laugh In. There was a whole slew of these kinds of shows, and they were all, you know, they weren't dead satirical like that was the week that was. Uh, but they were, you know, they had some some bite, especially the Smothers Brothers, and which is being like documented now on PBS here, like on a weekly basis. You know, called uh, there's a they're censoring the Smothers Brothers series of these uh, shows, documenting all the censorship that took place that resulted in them quitting, huh. and. Um, and, and anyway, after that, there wasn't anything. And now there's nothing except, you know, late night TV. You can watch Leno, who's, you know, not very, I wouldn't call him a biting satirist. No, and no, uh, certainly and, not. And uh, uh, Letterman, who's funny, but he's got, you know, and he makes snide remarks about things. But these guys are weak by comparison to these, these biting shows of the past. Yeah, well, you know, stuff like Spitting Image, I'm pretty sure that was a BBC show. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. Yeah, there was tons of money for that. And uh, and the charter probably was a little bit different, but I mean, with uh, this hour has twenty two minutes up in Canada, which has been a show on forever, and then there's a couple of spin offs of it. Those shows are very uh, political and interesting. Uh, we can't even come up with something like that. I mean, I think uh, there's nothing. I mean, because yeah, people don't care anymore, John. They don't care. I think it's the. I think I blame the school system. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm right there with you, my friend. They, you know, they don't teach these kids. I mean, they teach them some some kind of left wing crap that's meaningless, and then the kids are baffled by because it, it doesn't make any sense to them. You know, and then uh, they don't. You know, if you, if you, if you give a, a typical high school uh, student, if you if you give them the newspaper and say, okay, wh- what does this mean on the front page? You know, let's say it's a, a proper newspaper, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't have the foggiest idea, not the slightest. Right. I've always thought that history lessons should start with today's newspaper and then, you know, pick a topic, any topic, and then work backwards and explain how it came to be. It's only a couple hundred years. It's, I'm baffled by it myself. Uh, yeah. Then you watch, you know, the, the Jay Leno doing his jaywalking, which is probably the only piece of satire he does, even though it's by no means satire. It just becomes satire because of the public. And he just had Battle of the Jaywalking All-Stars on the other day. And, you know, yeah. it was like, you know, people answering. The, I mean, and all the questions were taken from a fourth grade book and the U.S. test for citizenship. And, no, and, you know, these people couldn't answer anything. They kept misidentifying photos. You know, one girl thought everybody was John F. Kennedy, including Nixon. And then um, one of them thought Alaska was an island. And it was just amazing. Oh man! And I really don't like it when they do that about about Americans because, first of all, you could do about any country, and however you edit it, it can always wind up being funny if you just take all the people who had the right answers out. Oh yeah, well you have to do that. Yeah, yeah, no, but that, but that's, but that's not, that's not satire. That's easy. That's low hanging fruit. It, it, well, you know, it started with the, you know, there's another group that came down from Canada and went to heart. What's interesting about it to me. And I agree with you. You can probably go anywhere. I mean, I'm still stunned by when you see uh, interviews done on European television of people, and they're, you know, they, I remember when the EU is, you know, they took all the barriers between the uh, countries down, so you didn't need a passport to go from Germany to France, for example. 
and they were interviewing somebody who was in Germany, uh, and they asked him if they ever been to Paris, you know, and they said, oh, no, I've never left my town, you know, I'm thinking, it's just like an American, you know, some Americans yeah. never leave their town, but I'm thinking, yeah. if I'm in Germany and Paris is like a two-hour train ride, what, what am I doing sitting around this little burg, you yeah. know, I mean, I'd be going to Paris every weekend. Although the British, man, there's a, a, a large percentage don't even have a passport, have never, ever been off the island. Yeah. Well, I find that's the same way up in Port Angeles, Washington, you know, where they're where right across. It's an hour boat ride. You go to Victoria, Canada, which is an incredibly cosmo. Well, it's not cos it's kind of a funky, old fashioned version of England cosmopolitan. But it's a gorgeous little city that's got all kinds of qualities that just aren't in the United States at all. It's got a small Chinatown, a little theater district. It's got it's like a it's, it's just interesting, and mo ninety percent of the people, ninety five percent of the people that live in that town, which is the boat right away, have never been there, and they don't have any interest in going. <laughs> you know, you can ask why. Have you ever been to Victoria? No, I, I thought about it. You know, kind of thing. That's the end of it. Uh, that's the pioneering spirit. Yeah, a lot, I think we have to assume that most people worldwide are not um, interested in floating around aimlessly. Meanwhile, in the uh, tiny borough of Guilford, the uh, Surrey police shot and killed a guy. Oh, really? Shot and killed yeah. a guy? I thought there were no guns yeah. in England. Yeah, yeah. Up near the, uh, on the steps of the Guilford Cathedral, no less. What was he guilty of doing? Um, looking suspicious and carrying something that looked like a gun. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of shocking. It was, uh, it was national news here because Guilford is, is not the kind of place you expect something like that to happen. The guy was, uh, apparently, uh, stressed out. <laughs> and, uh, but they had choppers after him and, uh, they thought he had a gun and, uh, and they shot him, killed him. Huh. Bada bing. So what's the, what's the background of this guy? Did they do any research? Oh, we'll never know. It's Gitmo Nation East, man. We'll never know. Hmm. We'll never find out. And you're right. You know, it's, it's, it, this is the country where the, the, the cops have no guns, except uh, in Guilford. <laughs> they say they have no guns. <laughs> yeah, really. You see these guys armed in Europe or in England at the airport. They, these guys are carrying like semi-automatic or, or semi. These things are probably no, fully automatic. Fully automatic, you know, AK-47s. No, they're not a. They don't carry a. Well, they're carrying they carry some a. sort of a big looking nasty gun. BFG. <laughs> it's a BFG. And they're walking around the airport with them. Have you ever seen the arms on those guys? Yeah, they're big. The, yeah, they see, they seem to be from like the same uh from the same clan. Yeah, they got these humongous muscles sticking out of short sleeves and then some form of uh incredibly large BFG automatic weapon. Yeah. So I'm sure somebody will write in. You guys don't know your guns, and they'll tell us what they are. But they're nasty looking. They're all, you know, flat black and look like they're cocked, ready to go. Just in case they have to like pepper the place for some reason. <laughs> it's really, it's really getting bad over here, man. I tell you that. Remember we talked last week about uh, uh, Damian Green, the minister who they arrested. Yeah, what's come of that? Well, the papers have gone nuts because uh, really the way you know, uh, newspapers here, um, they're really important when it comes to political uh, commentary. 
So, you know, they've, they've gone completely apeshit over particularly the secretary of, you know, the home secretary, uh, this woman named Jackie Smith, because, you know, no one's copying to have known it. And, you know, she says, no, no, this was a police investigation. I had no knowledge of it. You know, it's, 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 it's really, really deep. And, um, what people are writing is, you know, is scathing. And they're making all the, all the right comparisons. Huh. So what's the um, public doing about it? Nothing. Sitting at home watching I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, which, by the way, was a fantastic series. I have learned so much. <laughs> In the, No, no. This, you, you know the premise of the show, right? They throw 13 or 14 celebrities into the jungle for three weeks, and they have to do all kinds of tr uh, yeah. jungle trials, yeah. including eating live insects, right. These are celebrities who are not particularly or, – or, or, who don't happen to be working as a, as a coincidence. Well, I'll tell you that um, there were two people. They they usually have some American celebrities in there as well. Um, and this year they had George Takei, who was uh, Sulu from Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. Oh my! And he's uh, he's like seventy, seventy one years old. He's a tough old bird. And then um, uh, Martina Navratilova. Well, I see. I sense a theme. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Keep going. Well, I was just going to say, I thought it, it was interesting that Martina Navratilova was uh, was in the show at all. You know, she's what is she like nine or ten time Wimbledon champion? Um, uh, it, you know, what, as it turns out, she she felt that she was very shy. She's always been very shy her entire life. You know, she she really you know she goes in, uh, she's at a party, she'll stand in the corner, and then people you know have to come up to her. She doesn't mingle or anything like that by her own admission. And um, and she won and uh, and they offered her and she said yes you might as well see if she could stretch herself to the limits and you know what she came across as a really really nice lady yeah I mean, I, seriously I, I just have a nice mine person knows pretty well and says she's a great person yeah she came across as extremely nice and uh, and George Takei I just love he's funny yeah he's got old a good queen. sense of humor yeah yeah old queen of the jungle very funny as guy. it were so. Uh, well, so, so that's you, what the public is yeah, doing. Yeah, I'm just saying that you said you learned something, that you just learned that, that Martinez is a nice person and Takei is funny. Yeah, that's oh. kind of it. Mm, okay. Yeah, I know. You know, the funny thing is it turns out that the, I think the Bush administration proved this, too, that, you know, the people in power can pretty much do anything they want. And you really must have to push people to an extreme limit. I mean, I can't imagine how the Russian Revolution or the French Revolution or any – I mean, I can see how the U.S. Revolution kind of became, you know, uh, it was kind of developed. But – you know, nobody ever drove the Canadians to revolt, but the, the people who revolted big time must have been under amazing amount of uh, stress. I mean, the, the, well, the it's, in, it's interesting you bring that up because last night was, and I've and I've recorded um, uh, both episodes for you, and there's a couple more coming, and I have them recorded. I just got to figure out how to get on the DVD. There's a Channel Four program here called The Ascent of Money. Mm. And and they actually explain how the French Revolution took place, and it was a, a situation extremely similar to uh, what's going on in the United States right now, um, where a guy named Jean Law, who was a Scotsman, uh, who um, lived in Amsterdam in uh, in the late 1600s, early 1700s, as he was uh, he was like a gambler and got kicked out of uh, out of Scotland or whatever. Um, and he witnessed the uh, East India Company being formed, which was really the first company that had shares. 
and uh, and uh, subsequently were traded on the first what we would call the stock market all in Amsterdam. Um, and he um, you know studied this for a year or two, and then he went to Paris and he started uh, the first, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, French central bank issued shares. And, uh, and essentially just, you know, uh, did what the Federal Reserve has, uh, has done in the past, uh, you know, 80 years or whatever. He just was pr- printing up more shares, selling them. And uh, he owned, you know, like half of Paris. He owned fucking everything. And he, uh, it just became a bubble. And everyone was in on it. Everyone had shares in the bank. And all of a sudden there was like, you know, uh, nervousness or whatever that just entered the market the way these things do. That's more your area when it comes Cycle. to in fact, cycles. That East, exactly. the, the collapse of the East Indian Trading Company uh, falls right onto one of the cycle numbers, right on the money. Exactly. So. Exactly. So and and, and it was funny because I was watching this uh, this documentary, which I think you'll enjoy. It was uh, well, you know, a, a lot different from the things you might find on the internet. You know about the money yeah. masters and all that. Yeah, well, the money um, masters is a piece of crap for my yeah. t- looking it over and checking docu- documenting some of their claims. But but let's go. Uh, let's stop right here and 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 let me tell you one thing straight up get a DVD recorder. You will not. Oh, I have one. I have one. I have one. Oh, I have one. That's I. What do you mean you can't? Because I've got to connect the Skybox because I recorded it on the Skybox because it's uh, on like season pass, like a TiVo automatic record. Yeah. And so I can output it. I just have to output it and reroute it to the DVD recorder. I have one. I got one upon your recommendation. Okay. I hope, by the way, that it isn't a different region or anything. No, shit no, like no. That. They, 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 they use they region do zero on these things. Well, good. So I got it. So you're. I'm going to hook you up. Okay. Yeah, if you have the, you know, my experience, generally speaking, with with equipment like this, if you buy the DVD recorder, you actually have to connect it to something yeah. for it to be useful. <laughs> yeah, thanks. No, but <laughs> thanks, John. I'll take your advice. I appreciate it. Um, but anyway, it was you were going to talk about the collapse of the East India Company on the cycle. Yeah, there's, I don't have it in front of me, but it's, it fell, it's just like a classic year. I mean, it's just bang, boom, you know, there it is. Uh, I forgot. What but that, but that in sometimes. all, for all intents and purposes was that collapse in France, um, of the, of Jean Law's, uh, central bank, uh, the collapse of the shares that they were the only shares that were being traded. And it was, it was like any classic boom and everybody had, had their stock and then, you know, just it came flying back and then they, they, you know, the the price went from like nine thousand florins to five thousand in one day. And well, this just, is like this, now we're looking. Let's start about our our thing. The price of oil is now forty. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? So anyway, I got out of my. You know, I bought into the double short. You know, on you oil. got the ETN. It, 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 no, yeah, the ETN. And uh, which, yeah. by the way, Andrew and I are going to do a special disc on e, uh, for for for. Uh, six, I'm not sure what we're going to charge for it on ETFs and ETNs for people that need to get catch up to this because this thing is these, these ETFs in particular are, are just on fire in terms of the popularity. But it but anyway, so I'm I got out of my ETN uh, at I think I got out about 120 or so, and it went up another 15 point cents, which is I don't know what I mean. I was thinking the oil was going to hit 50 and it was going to maybe settle in a little bit, but then it dropped another 10. Boom, right boom. Down, it's probably yeah. the guy who's the head of Iran. Publicly says he they're they're budgeting for oil at thirty. Yeah, and uh, I'm hearing that uh, gas 
in a year from now, actual gas at the pump could be as low as one dollar. Yeah, I find that hard to believe because you know if you settled in at a, around a two dollar range, it's already hit. You know, around here I can get premium for uh, under two dollars. It just hit. I mean, I just bought some the other day at two hundred one, then I saw it at one ninety nine, and I suspect it might get down to one fifty one sixty, which is you know which I, which will crank the economy up because people don't realize that the price of energy has a lot to do with the you know the economic uh, well being of a country. And because you know the energy, it's like if it's cheap, it's energy. I mean, it, it it results in direct production of products and whatever. Energy is that's the basis of everything. Yeah. So the every single thing in our lives so, is all based on energy. So I'm I'm looking at my DTO as after I leave it, and I'm I, and here's the key, here, I, I did some more research than usual. And, uh, you know, as opposed to my normal research, which is talking to you and then making a decision. Uh, so <laughs> that's the way to go. <laughs> so what was the, what was the name of that, uh, that, uh, brokerage, a banker, uh, go, it starts with a G, it's like Goldman something. Goldman Sachs? The Goldman Sachs people. And they said something about oil is going to go to 200. 200? Yeah. Who do you think the largest single holder of the exchange traded note Double short oil is. Yeah, well, there's, the, of course, that's, that's, that's what they do. They, they buy the opposite direction. They come out with a recommendation. All the suckers. I learned that the second day I had my level two trading screen. <laughs> I was reading research. I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. I'll, I'll invest in that. And then boom, I got fucked. I'm like, huh? And then, and, you know, and immediately, oh, this is a stupid game. You know, if you're not on the inside, you can never win. Well, I learned this long time ago too. I mean, I, I never, never thought it was going to be so blatant, but uh, I, I mean, these guys are just ridiculous. And CNBC is in on the whole game. Well, somebody there is. So anyway, yeah. the, but I learned years and years ago because I would always. Uh, I remember there was a there, during a, a boom of, of some time back, forty years ago. Um, there was this company that was being touted by Merrill Lynch, who's always the one company. Every time they were like really pushing something, I was very skeptical. They were pushing this company called Sterling Homex. And Sterling Homex is this company that was one of, there was an era in the United States where everybody, everything was going to go prefab. Oh, I remember that. Housing. Yeah. You know, that was a, it was like a boom, a boomlet of prefabs. We're going to manufacture all our houses in factories. And then. What was it called? Sterling what? Sterling Homex. I think Homex. it's S-T-I-R-L-I-N-G dash Homex. And Merrill was pushing this stock like there was no tomorrow. People were bloated up with it. And then, of course, the company goes bankrupt about two weeks later. Uh, or a couple of months later, and it was just like, wait a minute, weren't you? And then it turns out that those guys were, you know, on the other side of the of the deal. They were out. Yeah, you know, I, I got to think said, that. And where's the SEC with, with these scams? Where's the SEC with the Goldman Sachs telling everyone that oil's going to go to two hundred while being short? Well, dude, they they haven't even taken anyone to task over the over the ratings agencies like Moody's. You know, the oh, we had a software fault for two years. I mean, there's they're not, there's no oversight. They're not doing anything. They're all in on the on the game. Meanwhile, Martha Stewart goes to jail. The jail, exactly, exactly. And they shoot an innocent guy on the Guilford Cathedral steps. And I guess now they're That's... going after Mark Cuban for something. Well, we talked about that two weeks ago. Yeah, I know. I've been bringing that up. And people are fascinated by your theory. Oh, about uh, smartest guys in the room? No, no, about not. Oh, about uh, loose change. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Was it loose change? 
Yeah, nine uh, eleven loose change, the second edition or final edit or whatever, the one that uh, Sheen was. Uh, I don't. Did he actually ever wind up doing the voiceover? I thought he did. I don't know. I don't yeah. watch that stuff. No, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm pretty wary of what's going. I think right now, you know, now that we have uh, the bailout is now up to eight point four trillion dollars, which has been uh, lent, spent, or otherwise disposed of, given away. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure that this is. Uh, this is just keeping it afloat until Obama comes in. Then, boom, they're just going to drop it all. Nah. Because he's the he's the right guy to convey the message, whatever it is, which I presume is going to be, you know, all, some change in the, the all monetary your base system. belong to us. Yeah, for real. Well, you know, well, here's what's happening in Europe. This is a very interesting way of tackling the bailout, and I think this is even funnier. People are are, are jumping into this head first. So, um, Gordon Brown has proposed it, uh, and it'll cost uh, the UK one billion pounds. In Italy, they're already doing it. Um, what they're offering to homeowners is, okay, you pay a set rate, so maybe 4% on your mortgage, and you don't have to um, pay whatever the, the difference is of, of your arm going up, your adjustable rate mortgage, for, you know, like a period of anywhere from six months to two years. And then, of course, you get a balloon payment at the end of that that you, you have to pay the, the piper somewhere. Right. You know, I had a sense that they that this whole thing took place prematurely. Uh, you know, this collapse. I thought they, you know, they wanted to, I, I think that. I, I, no, I disagree. I disagree. It's exactly on time. What mess, what they messed up was the Lisbon Treaty. That was supposed to be in effect as of October so that they could do all this financial mumbo jumbo. And now what these guys are talking about is they're operating under the Lisbon principles. <laughs> Don't you love it? Yes, well, we have to uh, approach this under the Lisbon principle. So completely not ratified because Ireland said no. All it is is a legal document. For this, I, and, you know, the way they were freaking out about it, I'm convinced, John, this was, you know, the timing is perfect, but Europe wasn't ready for it yet because they didn't have the Lisbon Treaty in place. So what do you think the end result's going to be? Because it seems to me that... You know, everyone's talking about depressions. I, this, I don't think this is leading to one. I think this is going to put it off, hopefully, so I can you know, have my cycles thing fall right into place. Um, not that I want to see a depression. Anyway, the uh, I mean, there's, well, you're, ask, I, you're I, asking a question. I'm totally convinced still that there's gonna, we're going to have a boom. And then, oh, I'm watching uh, the Kramer. You know, you ever see Matt? Yeah, Leonard? Jim Kramer, of course. Yeah. So Kramer, yeah. I mean, I don't watch him that much because he makes me shake. And so, you know, I think I'm think I always look at the coffee and thinking it's a coffee. I'm drinking too much coffee, and then I realize that this guy's got you know he's just the way he is. He's wired. He's wired. So he's uh, he made a couple of interesting comments. He actually predicted uh, he, he took back a bunch of his stuff that he said before, which he does commonly. And then he said, and he used and in fact I recorded it. I should have sent it over to you. And you could have played it. A couple of moments where he says, and then you know what this means is when Obama comes in, there's going to be a boom. And he said, use the word boom. Hmm. Which is what I've been thinking too, but this time, you know, this boom will lead to a bust, and then when the bust happens, a real bust, uh, you end up with no, you, all this money that they've thrown into the system. You know, the eight trillion. There, there's nothing left. I mean, now all you can do is just. Well, that eight trillion wasn't even there. Well, that, that that's got to. You know, okay, can I give you my opinion? Here's what's going to happen. First of all. There's a lot of rumblings now about the way the 8.4 trillion is going to be paid for is through a value added tax in the United States. I think that's highly feasible. 
We, we I haven't heard that much here. Oh, it's a it's a, it's a rumor on the interwebs. Huh. Well, look, the rest of the world does it. Yeah, yeah. We've got we've got seventeen percent in the United Kingdom, nineteen percent in most European countries. Belgium, twenty one percent value added tax. So that would be one way to get it back. But I don't think that I, I'm not. I don't see a boom happening. I you know, in what's happening right now is you know because of the lack of um, of credit facilities, farmers can't get loans to buy fertilizer. You know, we're going to have a supply problem. There's just no doubt about it. There's going to be some essential supp- supply problem, I think, when it comes to food. Um, and the dollar, you know, there's, and there's no, uh, there's no faith in it. it. That's, they're keep, they're propping that up. Then when Obama is sworn in, boom, they'll drop it like a hot potato. No more propping up of the dollar. And that's when the new, uh, the new money system will come into play. Um, and <laughs> it may even be called something else, but we will certainly have a different reserve currency. And I'm, Pretty sure it's going to involve carbon one way or the other. Uh, well, the carbon thing is hopefully going to be dropped. Let no, me write man. the date no down way. here for your uh, crackpot prediction. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that much of a crackpot. You know, the, the, once again, the, what is it? There's rumors now about uh, about the United Kingdom going to the going to the euro. If they wait any longer, the pound will be equal to a euro. They well, almost they don't are. have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the whole point. No, I'm I I I see uh, I see bad times ahead. Yeah, yeah, I see really really dark that's days. That's that's the way you that's the way that's the typical public attitude at the bottom. You're at no, we're at the bottom. No, no, no. We're at the we're no, at we're the not, bottom. No, you're no looking way up we're at the bottom. The, we're at the bottom. This is the bottom. This is what the bottom feels like. <sighs> And it always brings up this gloom and doom thing. And so when things start to pick up, you say, well, I guess I was wrong. And then you, you'll jump in at the wrong time during the boom. And then that's when they that's when they pull the rug out from uh, under everybody. And they, they, the public has to be involved. I mean, the public has to take it up to shorts. That's the way it always works. And, you know, the, in this situation, with these banks and all this other stuff, the public is, you know, in so far as being taxpayers are concerned, have been getting screwed. But we don't have the real sense of being personally screwed over. Which is really necessary to really do this right. Well, what are you talking about? Of course, people have, are screwed over. Their four hundred one ks are are hosed. They're getting kicked out of their homes. What do you mean? The public is very much. Uh, oh, nobody's feeling- getting. I mean, the number of people that are getting kicked out of their homes is minimal. And it's played up a lot in the media. And there's a lot of houses for sale that have never really, you know, there's a whole development up north of me here that was built out. And then just before they uh, were going to start selling them, they, the whole thing collapsed. And now they're trying to give these places away. But the problem is since nobody's moving in, they're starting to deteriorate. It's kind of interesting to watch something like this go downhill because they can't maintain it. So now weeds are growing everywhere. And, you know, right. I saw a, a, a documentary on, uh, on a, there's a, there are companies now. That uh, that go around all these houses and they, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, the bank hires them and they drain the swimming pools so they don't become, you know, cesspools of mosquitoes. They uh, they paint the lawns in some cases. They paint the lawns green. Oh, that way when you fly over, it doesn't look too. <laughs> no, when you drive by, you can't tell. It's like, oh, that's nice. That's pretty good. <laughs> Let's spray paint, paint the dirt green. They probably think it's actually yeah. not a bad idea. If you can get some kind of paint or some sort of a substance that you can spray on dirt, that would also have like a weed killer in it, so that you don't have the weeds popping through this stuff. That's not a bad thought. I like it. 
I wonder what the, maybe somebody out there knows about this if that's you know how they're doing this because that's not a bad idea. Anyway, I have in my notes that uh, after uh, a new president is elected, the stock market's supposed to go crazy in a positive way. That was your prediction, which has not taken place. It's not no. I, I, when he gets in, he has to be in. Oh, okay. Boy, are you going to be disappointed? I don't think so. I think the day he gets in, this thing's going to start to move. The fundamentals aren't there, John. The fundamentals Listen, don't we have, mean we, anything. We have, yeah, but as a, as a country, America has already had a ten trillion dollar debt in in four months. It's almost doubled. Yeah, you know, ch- ch- China is not going to lend us any more money. They've lost billions. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling no. you. We'll wait and see. No. We got till January, no. and then no, when no, no, no. gets elected, I, you know, no, I, no, Obama, no, no. I think Hussein, no, no, no. Pakistan and India have something to do with the strategy. Well, there's, yep, there's something, and and that would be mainly because doesn't um, the, so the uh, the Chinese have a pact with uh, Pakistan. I think they've been pretty, they're neighbors, first of all, but they've... Um, yeah, and the uh, Russians have a pact with the India, and they're selling them, the latest news, they're selling them right. a bunch of, of uh, 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 nuclear reactors and um, for power. And uh, what, what does Pakistan have? Does Pakistan have any anything in the ground? No. Uh, you mean oil? Yeah, anything I like that? I don't think any, so. I think they're pretty value? dependent on, on, you know hard labor to do what they do. I don't know. I do know this, by the way, just as an aside. If you buy basmati rice, buy the Pakistani ones as opposed to the Indian ones. It's just a cleaner product by, I mean, by five washings at least. Really? Yeah. Well, they have these Muslim cleanliness laws in the food business. And um, so they don't let, you know, they just, they're not as careless as the Hindus. No offense to the Hindus out there. But the rice that, I mean, this is, it's like the stores we have over here. There's a couple of Hindu stores and there's a couple of Pakistani stores. And the Pakistani stores are generally uh, cleaner, even though they huh. tend to scowl, scowl at you. But the rice, <laughs> but the rice. So we're not generalizing at all. No. The rice, but the rice. So you get, you know, there's a bunch of basmati rice, which is the, which of course takes a special technique to cook, which people don't seem to understand. Well, I'll document. Fill us in. I'll document. Well, it's boiled. It's a boiled rice. It's not. It's not like a Chinese rice where you, you would like typically with rice. You you Chinese style cooking rice. You take a long grain rice and you put like a, a cup of rice and one and a half to two cups of water, and then you slowly boil it, and then the water, all the water in the pot sucks into the rice there's no water left and um, the pakistani or i'm sorry the basmati style rice which is a different rice altogether uh which is a more fragrance a very different rice is boiled so you take like a cup of rice and then you put it in like a gallon and a half or two gallons of water and you boil the crap out of it until it's just just one second away it's like it gets a little al dente it's just a little bit almost finished but it's not quite and then you dump the water out down the drain and then you, and by the way, the rice has to be washed two or three times before you cook it and then soaked for like 15 or 20 minutes. Although the soaking, I think, is optional, but the, the argument is that it keeps the grains from breaking when it's being cooked. Uh, but anyway, so then you dump the water out and then you put the rice back in the pot and then you cover it with a towel and then you let it steam to, to completion. 
Um, and then it'll be, it, it's the most perfect rice there is. It's unbelievable. And, and that technique is just like, it was, I think, derided as boiled rice. Uh, some I don't know during the war World War One, and uh, so nobody who's no Americans and I can guarantee no French people know how to use this technique to cook rice, and that's the way you cook basmati rice. Uh, and have you ever have you ever had um, Indonesian rice tafel? Yeah, I have. Because the the rice you described there sounded a bit like uh, like that. It could be. I mean, I don't know. I never asked. But I first picked up this recipe from when I, I went. To, we went to this. By the way, and then while it's steaming under the towel, you can put some butter in it and then let the butter kind of melt, and then you stir it in gently afterwards. And it's oh, you man. generally get it so that almost the grains are almost individual. So if you you could like lift it up with a fork and all these pieces perfectly cooked would just fall you know all over the place. Uh, um, you've made me hungry now. It's delicious. It's, I think there's no <laughs> rice. I don't even buy, and it's quick. The whole process for making basmati rice a rice. Dish, and you can put saffron into the liquid. You can do, you can do different things to. Nah, man, there's it. nothing like Uncle Ben's. You open that open that pack two inches, throw it in the microwave for two minutes, kabada boom. <laughs> the whole process for making basmati rice is about a twelve to fifteen minute process, and I, so I'm always amused by Uncle Ben's instant rice, which takes as long. <laughs> and the rice has been ripped <laughs> clean of any nutrients, and it's horrible, and it's mushy, and it's terrible. You know, people should learn how to cook, and this is, I call it. Iranian style rice. The Iranians are the ones who do this rice the best. Uh, they're fanatics about it. They have a lot of uh, uh, different kinds of, of variations of the rice. They grow rice in Iran in a couple of areas where they make some killer rices that are just you know impossible to get a hold of. And um, it's it's um, it's very hard to produce. But um, the opportunity is 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 very apparent, John. Um, that there's going to be a lot of demand for uh, quick, simple, uh, yet elegant, uh, good tasting meals in a cooking show. You you're almost the perfect candidate for it. You know. Yeah, well, I can do the rice. That's for sure. The funny thing about rice, which has always amused me, is that the Europeans had never really got a clue. I mean, there, there weren't a rice culture. And they have like, you know, yeah, you can get the risotto, which is a stirred, you know, kind of gooey rice that you make. Oh, with these man. Really and if you get the wrong risotto, it's really, really horrible. Yeah. And, and it's and even when if it's right, it's not that good. And uh, I mean, it's interesting. It's kind of kind of uh, filling because it's so so starchy. I've had really good risotto in uh, in two restaurants, uh, both in, in the United Kingdom of all places where the risotto was always on the menu. Um Gordon's uh, restaurant. Uh, what the, what the hell is the name of it? Um, it'll come to me. Uh, as well as the. Uh, okay, I'm two for two. There's two restaurants I've had it. <laughs> it's like the UK. It was you really good. Man, I had this great wine last night, Devorak. Oh, you would have loved it. What was it? I don't remember. Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but they eat it here all the time. It's like it's like the favorite uh, dish. Um, you know, the, the favorite appetizer. Mm. Risotto. Well, it's not, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to eat. I mean, but it's not a rice dish by any means, at least the way I think about it with the Asian rices. And, you know, we, most people here cook rice Chinese style. Some people cook Japanese style, which is a gooier rice that can be, that forms lumps. It sticks, sticks together a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. it's sticky.
sticky rice. And, but most people cook Chinese style or they, you know, I remember, you know, there's different ways of doing it and it's always the same, which is, you know, with, and typically with long grain rice, uh, this grown in California or Texas. And, uh, it's not this, people then go and they'll buy some basmati rice and cook it that way and it is just terrible. I mean, for one thing, they never wash it enough. Basmati rice needs a lot of washing, except the Pakistani stuff doesn't. It needs half as much, and uh, they never soak it. And then they, it's just because that first time when I was in college, I was fascinated by the, the, my understanding. Oh, basmati rice, the world's best. I didn't know how to cook it, and so I cooked it Chinese style. And then I said, "This is the worst rice imaginable. It stinks." I mean, it was horrible, and I never went back to it until I just rediscovered it at an Iranian restaurant. I don't think I've ever really had rice that I thought was horrible, honestly. Oh, could try cooking basmati rice Chinese style. <laughs> you'll you'll see. Right. I mean, it's unbelievable. Right. right. Anyway, that's my rice story. I'm sticking to it. The Supreme Court is now uh, handling uh, the quest into Obama's birth certificate. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I wonder what would happen if he, if it turns out that he wasn't born in Hawaii. The whole thing was a scam, and he was actually born in Kenya. But when you think about it, what do we? Can you turn on your speaker a little bit, John? I mean, you don't have headphones on, do you? No. You just have oh, the you're speaker. You're getting on. bounced back too much. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, a little bit. Um, we don't know anything about this guy. Yeah. We really don't. Yeah, no, I know. We don't. We do know that he's picked all the old cronies to be in his uh, cabinet. And, I was uh, looking into Richard Gates's background, who was uh, who is the current uh, defense secretary. You know who he worked for back in the seventies? <laughs> who? Zbigniew. Oh, Zabrinsky, Yeah, your buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. He's got. He's the inside guy then. Yeah, but oh, well. why does he just put Zabrinsky on the, one of his? You know, just make him his chief of staff and get it over with. Nah, he likes he's he's pulling the strings, man. That's what he does. That's what he's the he's the big kahuna, big man on campus. He's making it all happen. Hmm. Yeah, apparently. So we'll see. We're going to get a boom and then a bust. No, we're going to go down further. The next <laughs> bottom is 7286 and then I'm calling Dow 6000. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you and a couple friends of mine are calling Dow 6000. I'm not seeing it. I mean, well, I'm we got we we got to break through this. We got to break through this barrier first, and this this wishy washy up and down three hundred points per day. Um, you know, this just so you know, and 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 now we're going to bail out uh, the this auto company bailout. Man, is this unbelievable? Or have you followed any of that of the I, hearings? I, I'm less. No, I have. I should have been listening to the hearings, but I mean, these guys are whining uh. a little too much for my taste. But you know, the fact of the matter is, they bail first. They you know they bail out these financial institutions and then the car companies get screwed in the deal because these guys hoard the money and the car companies well, just they don't just loans. hoard it they, 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 they they're not looking for free money like these other guys it was funny um during one of the hearings they kept saying bailout bailout and then actually one of the uh, the auto people corrected himself and said i mean loan <laughs> the, we we're asking for this bailout i mean loan 
and, uh, and is my favorite. Uh, I drove a hybrid car here today. So they've learned, right? They're all putting their corporate jets up for sale. And uh, I drove a hybrid here. I drove a Chrysler hybrid test vehicle. Well, the thing was that really bothers great. me, there's a piece of news that came out claiming that the only reason they were flying corporate jets was, and they couldn't fly commercials for security reasons. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah, hey, well, the government just, yeah, I guess so. It. You find out the guy's a CEO, a GM, and you got something wrong with your car. Yeah. Hey, that Saturn I bought's a piece of crap. What are you going to do about it? You know, they, yeah. It wouldn't be security reasons. They'd be harassed on the airplane, I suppose. I don't know. I saw a Bill Gates flight commercial, and you know, he was the world's richest man at the time. I didn't, nobody was... I mean, only, once in a while, somebody would come up to him. I was on a plane once with Jimmy Carter... Hmm. And Jimmy Carter's got the right approach. And I, cause I talked to the stewardesses about it afterwards. And for, for, for one thing, it was, took me forever to get to the airport. The traffic was a mess. And I couldn't figure out what the deal was. So I get to the airport. And I'm on this plane to Atlanta, Delta. And Jimmy Carter's on the plane. And Jimmy Carter, he gets on the plane. Of course, that meant their security was screwing up the roads, you know. Anyway, so Jimmy Carter, uh, he's, he's booked in first class with a couple of, uh, of uh secret service guys babes a couple of babes yeah it would be nice but no (laughs) jimmy carter goes through the plane and introduces himself to every single passenger (laughs) seriously he goes down one aisle and he takes you know he does it real because he shakes hands with everybody and says hi how you doing i'm you know you may you know have heard of me kind of thing it's hilarious (laughs) surely you've heard of me (laughs) and he comes back around and then he comes back around the other way and he meets me and i talk to him for a couple seconds you know yeah how you doing you know no it's good to see you on the plane and whatever i forgot what i said it was something stupid and so then he goes back and he sits down and i talked to the stewardess about this this, what's the deal with him coming she and she said this i thought was genius she said carter comes on the plane that everyone knows he's on the plane so he introduces mm-hmm. himself to everybody on the plane and by the way she's been on a number of planes with him Wait, so we're talking 200 passengers or just in first class no 200 passengers he goes up and does the whole thing it takes about <laughs> half an hour half an hour at least yeah but it's during the you know the, the ramp up so it's not like you know he introduces himself to everybody on the plane she says because once they meet him, him, they're later. not going to bother him because yeah. the, 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 before that, people would come up and want his autograph and they want this and that, yeah. you know, and, and he couldn't get any sleep. He likes to sleep on the plane. And so now he does this. And it, it, I thought, what, it was, it was a great idea. And I think everyone who's that famous, although I don't think there's too many in that category, uh, should do, do the same thing. It was actually kind of cool. No, well, well, typically celebrities don't introduce themselves to anyone on the plane, get hammered, grab the stewardess's ass, and then wind up fighting and arrested and diverting to another airport. That's pretty much the way it usually works. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, Certainly with the supermodels. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I flew once uh, when Fergie was still married to Andrew. She uh, flew British Airways. When she was still a member of the royal family, huh? Yeah, to uh, New York, I think. What happened to her? She was like trying to become a celebrity in the United States, and eventually just became a, you know. Yeah, well, she did Jenny Craig. She made a lot of money on that, and she wrote a book, and she made money on that. And I think she did a video, made money on that. And um, there was a kind of reality type docudrama on her a uh, couple months back here. It was at, at her home. It was like living with Fergie. Mm. So, yeah, I would have to say uh, she gets uh, pushed away into the archives. Yeah, the royal family. Probably for good reason. She, I saw her in one talk show once, and she seemed, uh, you know, like that. A little wacky. That typical high, upper class uh, 
boring uh, British style of um, you know. She was she was no Diana, man. I'll tell you that. The person that wasn't of any interest to anybody. Uh, she seemed like a nice enough person, but she didn't seem to have much going on. Nah. That's your wind up on Celebrity Rehab. You watch. <laughs> celebrity Rehab. <laughs> That's my Talking about Celebrity show. Rehab, I understand that our friend Amy Winehouse is uh, about to die in rehab or something. She's What's the deal? John, it, it, is, it is a cold day in hell when you're ahead of Amy Winehouse news. What is going on? Yeah, they, they it came over here. I mean, normally we don't get a lot of Amy Winehouse stuff unless she's on death's doorstep, and hmm. that was kind of the few. I, or, or maybe what it, what it was was I was too lazy. I lost my remote control, and I ended up watching Extra, which is one of the worst oh. shows on television. Extra, Extra, and uh, you know, which is all. Flat, flashy, gossipy stuff. Yeah, really. most of it's paid for. You know, pay yeah. pay for gossip, pay for the minute. And I think she was mentioned as uh, something wrong with her. And yeah, there seems to be a couple of news articles. Uh, let's see. Amy Winehouse still hospitalized as hubby sent back to jail. Is that, yeah. <laughs> now there's a there's a headline for you. This is what you don't want you. You this don't is, want to read this about yourself. You this know. is the definition of a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She's been people. hospitalized since November twenty third. Huh. Wow. Yeah. And it's a shame because she's a talent. Well, you know, you can only, apparently she's gonna know. Who knows? Blame it on the Afghani uh, drug trade. Yeah, with that and actually getting involved with these drugs, you know. So, um, what else is going on over there? Is there anything that in the EU happening? I mean, I guess the Lisbon Treaty is like uh, I, I was. There was a special on. Maybe I was watching BBC America, and they're like they're the Irish, or you know, they're trying to resell them on the on the on another vote, and they have all. Kinds oh yeah, no, no, oh yeah, they promised them. why they should be voting yes, how much good is going to do them. The Irish weren't even in World War Two for God's sake. They're pretty much isolationists. Well, that's one of the main reasons because they felt that they they didn't want to be uh, locked into some kind of tax scheme Euro, Europe wide, and they they definitely did not want to be a part of a European army, which of course is exactly the two things that are in this treaty. Mm. Um, they'll probably vote against it again. I don't think so, man. People are so stupid. Yeah, they'll they'll uh, they'll do a whole media blitz. They'll really work it and. Uh, Nah, I don't you think, think they so. can Although, be, do you think the Irish can be convinced that it's good for them to sign off on this deal? I think that they uh, no, I but I do believe that whatever they do for in the referendum, I'm sure they can get the votes they need. Mm. It, it was close enough, you know. Um, now we are getting a new uh, EU president, uh, the Czech. This Czech guy who is actually uh, he seems pretty interesting. He's he's pretty much spoken out against. The Lisbon Treaty, specifically. <laughs> what well, him as a boss for? That doesn't make any sense. Well, it's, it rotates. You know that that's one of the things they wanted to stop in the treaty is they wanted to have one president. You know, none of this rotating shit because clearly, you know, that doesn't fit the agenda. So it's uh, it's nuts. Well, I know it's going it to really be responsible is. for World War Three. <laughs> okay, hit me. 
You know, it's going to be at some point, you know, there's still animosity, cultural animosity between a lot of these countries, uh, you know, ever since, you know, the 10th century. I, 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 t- I take you right back. You know, it's not going to happen between the European countries. It's going to happen. between. It's going to be India, Pakistan. It's going to be China with Pakistan, uh, the, uh, the U.S. and Europe uh, with India. I'm not quite sure how Russia fits in, where they're going to fit in. But um, I, I think it's I think it's those big three. I think that's that's what's brewing. That's what's happening in the background. Everyone's got to be pissed at each other about the money system and uh, and uh, and that whole region. Uh, you know, Afghanistan, Iran, Pakistan, India. Uh, that's that's the next uh, theater as far no, as no. That concerned. place is always they're always battling each other. I don't see that as causing the kind of mess that you get when the Germans and the French go at it. Man, wouldn't that be funny to see that happen? You know, could happen. Yeah. I mean, but you might, you know, but it, we have to remember that media has changed a lot and the, and the public has, uh, you know, reacts differently than they used to to things. And uh, I don't know. But I, well, yeah, historically, I mean, but his, I'm just looking at it from a historical perspective. These Europeans are always fighting with each other, you know, and they get into this pretty nasty, you know, it gets pretty bad. Well, for, I, I, you know, what I'm seeing is this just, this, it's all lackluster. You know, no one gives a shit. No one wants to fight. No one wants to do anything. And I'd take you right back to, I want, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. That's all people want to well, do. Let's... They want to drink. They want to, uh, you know, they want to watch TV and then, and they want to see the football game. And that's about it. People don't give a shit. They just let it all happen. No one's paying attention. What happens when they... And everyone's talking about Amy Winehouse. When, including us. Uh, what yeah. happens when the Muslims get, uh, majority control of France? That'll be interesting. Well, this is already happening all over Europe because people are so lethargic. And you know, the Netherlands, great example. You know, the, the, I hear people complain all the time. Oh man, we got more scarves in, the, in our in our government than uh, than we have on uh, street corners. What's going on here? I said, well, you lazy bastards, you didn't run for 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 anything. You didn't vote. You didn't run for anything. And you know, these these people who did, they're smart. Say, so, hey, shit, you know, there's an opportunity. I'm going to represent my community. Boom, they're in. They get voted for. It's the same everywhere. Well, throughout Europe. It's the same in the States. No no one sticks up and says, oh, I'm going to run run for uh, for mayor or senate or governor or anything, you know, because they actually have any ideals. Yeah, people don't run much. They should run more. They bitch a lot. People could complain. My in fact, where's the where, my where's the organization of like the de- the Democratic Party? You know, where, where are all the the field offices? You know, where's the organization for the Republican Party? Yeah, sure. You know, we've got the Obama bots and they've got their little email network and stuff. But really, people who care and are out there and doing stuff it doesn't exist anymore, John. Well, now that you mention it, I don't know where these things are. I mean, there's like a back room somewhere, and then there are all these, you know, the these guys that are just perpetual politicians move into an area, they take over the town, and they they start to rob it, and uh, nobody seems to notice. I mean, the state and of California and, and is they like use the ridiculous, media. as a matter of fact. We were so broke, and then somebody pointed out that we've doubled our size of government, even though we're in debt, you know, over the last few years. And it's like, uh, what's it? and there's every time there's a scandal, there's always some middlemen that are like the school systems around here are, are top heavy with bureaucrats, and they're getting 
incredible salaries. And the one little city that went out of business, Vallejo, uh, went uh, bankrupt. And then they, they revealed what they were paying these 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 people. Oh, I mean, the chief of police was making like a half a million dollars, and these other guys were deputy were making four hundred thousand a year, and clerks were making hundreds of thousands. It was like they were robbing these idiots. Yep. Just like the $8.4 trillion robbery. Yeah. We're all idiots. No, it is a robbery. It's idiots. a complete robbery. <clears throat> and you can't even get somebody like McCain, who was running, in a, who could have you know, positioned himself against all this stuff. He, he was part of the sellout. He was like part just, just a stooge. It was ridiculous. No wonder he couldn't even come close to winning. So... Yeah. Can we fix it? No, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> we have to, I don't know. Totally hosed. I can't even get into the Christmas spirit. I, I, I have no Christmas spirit going on. Well, it's early. No, it's not. It, they they put the lights on in the town, and everyone's you know they got the bells out and the Santas, and they're, they're doing their thing. And it's uh, it's probably this deflationary spiral or whatever it is, where everyone's just staying indoor. You know. It's just nothing's going on. It seems like total deadlock. I don't know, man. Well, I remember last week we made our predictions about the uh, Black Friday. Ah, did you get the actual numbers? It probably wasn't that bad, was it? No, it was good, actually. I, I had predicted it was going to go down 5%. You predicted 20. 20 and it actually yeah. went up, depending on who you talk to, between 5 Three and 7% percent up. It went up between 5 and 7%. Yeah. Unreal. That's and who are the, where, where do those numbers come from? Who, who produces those? I don't know. They come from here and there. Probably the commerce. Department. You don't think that's important? No, I mean their numbers are. Cons- I don't know where the numbers come from off the top of my head. I could look it up and find out. And I'm sure that you know, since everyone uses these numbers, and from what I could tell, because I went, you know, looked around, these places were doing a hell of a business. Three people were killed. I, you know, that, I was going to say that's the thing we we should do next season. We have to do the body count for right, Black the Friday. Body count. God, man, you know, people just they so they break the door down. This guy is is squashed underneath the door. They're just running over the door, and then and then everyone's in. The guy's dead, squashed like a bug. Squashed, and then and, and then they want to close the store, and people say, "No, screw you, man. We want our 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 cheap Xbox 360." Yeah, we don't give a shit if he's dead. I got a deal here. <laughs> There's only a couple left, and it's like the other thing was is like the, the there's something about the Walmart employees had locked arms. I'm thinking, what are these guys working minimum wage, locked arms against a angry crowd of people bearing torches trying to kill Frankenstein, and you're locking arms? Hell, I'm getting out of the way. They must be chipped at Walmart. There's no other way. Yeah, I know it makes no sense. If these people want, were pushing in, they're going to bust down the doors. I'm, you know, the, you people have got to get a little more experience with crowd behavior and how dangerous a moving crowd is. I mean, this is particularly. Uh, I mean, you can get killed. Well, also, a lot of people don't know about the corporate culture of Walmart, which is indeed very cult-like and and a little bit scary. They have these huge company meetings and auditoriums. Um, whenever. Uh, uh, people travel, including the highest executives in the company. Uh, they stay at uh, really cheap hotels slash motels. They sleep two people to a room. It's all about cutting costs, and it's it's a very um, yeah, it's kind of a, a, a like a militaristic culture in a way. You know, I've run into other companies. There's a number of them uh, that. It, 
when I used to go to trade shows a lot, you know, say, oh, yeah, well, I'm at the such a such and such motel here in Las Vegas. I'm saying, why don't you stay one of the main places? Well, yeah, they put us up because we got a real good deal. And of course, we're two people to a room. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking more along the lines of a typical uh, liability issue. I mean, if you're starting to put two people in a room and you're a corporation and you irresponsibly put two people in a room and one of them happens to be a, you know, a pedophile, a rapist, uh, you know, or just a masher or somebody, you know, just the risks there are just, you know, are wait. I mean, it's out of control. I mean, you, you do whatever 10 cents you saved could be wiped out, you know, a hundredfold with a lawsuit about somebody, you know, Doing something, throwing up. I mean, there's a million possibilities. <laughs> you, the, the lack of privacy. I mean, it's, it's just. I've never I've ever heard of any problems like that with Walmart, and they've been doing this for a long well, time. Probably shoot the person then. Well, the Walmart police is always on the on the lookout, of course. Well, just I'm just saying, I think it's a bad idea if you're spending. You know, send less people. I mean, if you're spending, if you are so cheap that you have to put people in a crappy motel two up. Why don't you put three in there while you're at it? You know, have them get a roll away. Get a roll away. <laughs> get a roll. They away. always have a roll away. Every place has a roll away. You can get a third person uh, in there. Why don't you go that far? You know, it just makes no sense to me that these these companies do that. I mean, there are ways to get her. I mean, another possibility for I, I've always thought this was a good recommendation. Instead of you know dictating what people should be doing with their travel budget, give them a travel budget of X amount of money and let them spend it the let way they want to. It out. If they want to double yeah. up to save money so they can have some leftover at the end of the year for their travel budget, fine. Yeah, MTV used to do that. Um, um, it was Viacom then, yeah. Uh, you know, So you could split uh, the cost of a first-class ticket and take someone with you and go coach. There was all kinds of things that they did. That was It was kind of cool that way. Yeah, I think it's a good policy and it, it lets people be creative and, and take, you know, and it also is less work for the company. You know, you just have to, you're just responsible for ending up in Vegas. You have to be there for some show, let's say, and you can stay wherever you want. You know, if you want to stay at the Bellagio, go ahead. If you got the, you know, you feel like throwing your money at it or if you can get it. I mean, why should it all be determined by the corporation putting everybody up in the same stupid motel so they can share a ride? It's all for the cost. It's all for the company. Hey, look, they link arms. You don't think that was a bad idea? Boy. Thousands of environmental campaigners marched on Westminster today to demand more to be done to combat climate change. <laughs> My goodness. Hey, that's a dead horse. So so their their government's robbing them blind, making them poor. Now, let's go uh, march for climate change. <laughs> There's some screwed up priorities there. Oh, it's it's about the third runway at Heathrow, of course. Oh yeah. Oh well, that's just wonder- those things are always just a scam. You know, you get a group together and you pressure Heathrow about the third runway until you get bought off. You know, really? A lot of people, you can make money out of that? Oh, I mean, this was the. There's a lot of these pressure groups that do nothing more than go into a corporation with with a you know with a lot large contingent of of idiots that you know go along with the program. You know these protesters, and then they go into a corporation, and and the next thing you know, they have a big contribution to their organization, and then they they go off to some other corporation. They don't bother these people. I mean, this hmm. was always the accusation against Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Co- Coalition. That he was essentially, you know, it's a it's a legal form of extortion. 
and uh, go from one company to another and claim that you know you're looking into this or that, and then you either you know get told to shove off, and you you either gonna have to sh- do it. You know, it's a lot of it's a bluff, or or you protest against the thing and make a big stink, give the company a black eye, and it's not worth the company's you know uh, PR efforts. They just as soon give you the money. It's a good way to make a living if you want to make. You can. Make I was just going to say, yeah, my my brain is spinning. I'm in overdrive here. It's like, oh, opportunity. Yeah, it's a real good way to make a living. I mean, if you can, if you have the lack of scruples to do it. But yeah, no, this this when you see something like this about Heathrow about the runway, I, I guarantee. Well, I can't guarantee it, but ninety percent. There's a good chance that is somebody's operation that needs to get. You know, a little more funding. Let's say they could use well, they, they could use a little donation, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, anyway, just to finalize UK news, the uh, they did their uh, annual uh, Queen speech or whatever, and then they present what laws they want to put into effect, um, which includes lots more CCTV f- coverage all over the all over the country. How, and, how uh, much more can they put in? Oh, you'd be amazed. The, uh, the big drive. So you know, you know, they're on this this prostitution thing we talked about last week. Um, now they want to uh, change the licensing laws where lap dancing clubs are now deemed as places of sexual encounter. Hmm. Which uh, there you go. That's the queen calling. Yeah. Which uh, queen <laughs> This happens every week. Hello. Ah. <sighs> uh, can you call back in a half an hour? Yeah, man. Fifteen minutes. I'm done with you. Yeah, fuck. Anyway, so no, they, that was a uh, that was a solicitor. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it a lawyer solicitor no, or no, someone soliciting? No, we don't have lawyer sorry, solicitors. Sir. No. The thing is, you know, these boiler rooms are so blatant now that when they pick up when you when they say, you know, usually they mispronounce your name. Is this uh, John? Uh, it depends on you know you know. Yeah. <laughs> they look at it. They obviously didn't think much about it because it comes up on the computer screen. If anybody wants to know how these things. Hello, is Mister? They look at the name and they go, "Oh my God!" And they say, "What am I going to say to this guy?" Devorak. Devorak. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, what I always say, whatever they pronounce. What I find highly annoying is uh, T-Mobile does this a lot. AT&T does it as well. I'm sure all carriers do it. So uh, you're in a foreign country and you get a text message, which costs you know oh, 50 yeah. cents. Right. You know, and, and, and it's like win an Xbox 360. <laughs> oh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I, you know, stop. It costs me money to receive this stupid message. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and you'd think that they would have, it's not that hard to figure out that I'm in a different country, maybe not a good time to bother me. That's hilarious. Well, anyway, so you could, so these people pick up and it's all computerized. By the way, I worked in a boiler room once when I was in college. And, uh, of course. And I had, and what was cool about it, I, is that I, one thing, I learned of one scam, uh, which is not on the boiler room side, but on the corporate side, there was some company that bought a bunch of uh, a huge buy of a bunch of tickets to some Warriors game for the benefit of some, you know, the firemen or something. And then they called you guys to unload them. No, they no, they bought the tickets and then they they when you went to deliver something, you you gave them a receipt. I, could, I wish I could remember the details. It was too long ago. But they, you gave them the receipt, and then they they had to return the tickets. They wouldn't pay you, and they kept half of the receipt instead. They lost it. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. So they kept. So they basically took. And, they, and I mentioned this to my supervisor. Oh yeah, those guys. They do that every year. <laughs> and so, uh, but anyway, so I was the number one sales guy for one day. 
And I goes like, just everybody was buying. And I, then, of course, the random number theory came to pass. It turned out it was just a random number event because I, I was like, couldn't sell anything after that. It was weird. But uh, but the thing about old-fashioned boiler rooms is they weren't as noisy as the ones today. So when these people call you like this last call I got, you, you pick it up and it sounds like they're at a, at a football stadium. I yeah. mean, there's so much ambient noise. Because these guys are so cheap, they can't put people in a soundproof even get, booth. Get good, yeah, soundproof booths or good headsets, and and you and they they always wait, you know, because they have systems in place where if um, if an answering machine picks up, they know it's an answering machine, right? So I'm always, all if I get an unidentified number, I'm always trying to answer in one of those ways that uh, I can pretend to be an answering machine. Hello, and then I wait. I'm not here right now. <laughs> if, I, you know, if, they, if they, hi, I'd like to sell you something. I'm not here right now. Yeah, or if you could have like something hooked up when you hit, hit a button. But um, yeah, but anyway, there's too much of this. There, there are these these callers there, and they're all done on the obviously the same you know computerized system. They're wrapping through, and they, you know then you always have the one where it rings and you pick it up, and there's they never pick it up. Because the the machine had cycled onto the next number, somebody else picked up before you did, and this, and you have one clerk that's selling, and uh, and then they always and then you the other thing that's kind of amusing is they all work off scripts, yeah. And so you whatever you tell them, they have a a, a, a branch, you know. They say, if he says no here, then go to page three, yeah. you know. And then they start yeah, yeah, pick yeah, up the yeah. script again, and they start reading yeah. it. And these guys are very insistent in boiler rooms that you read from the script. So my if I'm bored. Once in a while, I'll, I'll start to chat with the guy because I know it's <laughs> killing him and try to get him off script as best I can. So I had this guy call me a couple weeks ago. Selling of all things wine. <laughs> oh, boy. And so I well, he, he were the wrong guy to call on that day. Well, the guy was a jerk, too. And I looked up this company. And I should look it up and tell everybody what it is because you ever get called by these guys. This is place is ridiculous they sell unknown this was in this case it was an unknown little known grave wine which is one of the cheapest wines you can get in the bordeaux area that typically uh you know any grave in the absolute best year if, if you pay 20 bucks you pay too much and uh generally speaking you can get them for 12 bucks a decent bottle and um he had some grave wine, and he was picked by this guy, and a famous guy, and this and that. And he went on and on. They're $35 a bottle, and uh, you should buy five cases. <laughs> he says. I was thinking, five cases? I don't even ever heard of this winery. And buy now got, while stocks last. And the guy's really adamant. Well, I don't think you know anything about wine. That's the problem. If you did, you'd buy this wine immediately. You know, why don't you just, why don't you just buy a case? You know, I'm thinking... Uh, I, you know, I, I, I was baffled by the fact that I said, no, I'd like to taste the wines. I get, there's a lot of, I got wine stores all around me that get better deals than this by a lot. And he went on and on and on and on. And then he, then he became like the, I think he had a supervisor watching him because he, I couldn't get rid of him. And, uh, he, you know, I, I had to actually hang up at some point. And so he was obviously being, uh, tested somebody was watching him his every move and so did you actually get to lay into him did you did he finally figure out that you actually know what the hell you're talking about a scam and you know oh, you don't know anything about anything you know he always had some some snarky answer and he got then he got mad at me for being an idiot 
you know, this is a sales thing where you know first you sweet talk to person, then you change your your mo- your approach because you never know. Some people might like to be abused, and so as a last ditch effort, you start insulting the person. And maybe okay, I'll buy, I'll buy. Stop insulting me. Uh, I don't know what that. I'll have to remember that next time I'm at an advertising agency. Yeah, it's just going. What are you? Hey, you idiot! You don't know how good we are. Yeah, you don't even deserve to be advertising on our programming. Damn it! <laughs> So anyway, uh, and then the guy said something else, and I, and I said, I said, well, I, I can't, I buy, and I just hung up on him because I couldn't take it anymore, because he was not going to get, he wasn't going to recognize the fact that I wasn't going to buy a under any circumstances, and he was wasting his own time. He's supposed to be making money as a salesperson. I had to assume that there was somebody he was just being trained or something. I don't know what it was, but if anyone out there ever gets a phone call about wine, do not. Ever buy wine from some solicitor online, you're going to get ripped off. All right, man. I think we're done. Yeah, we could be done. I do want to remind everybody that seeing that this is the uh, the holiday season, um, please, since you probably can't find it on television anymore, maybe, maybe one or two stations still run it, but you should definitely have a look at uh, It's a Wonderful Life. With Jimmy Stewart. Um, very recognizable story these days. So we have some t-shirts, by the way. Our friend, no, we do not. Our friend at Angry Shirts is... Uh, oh, from Angry Fan? No. Yeah, go to angryshirts.com. You actually go to no agenda. Yeah. Dot. Dot angry shirts. Really? Dot com? Yeah. This will mess up the connection. Oh, I see. Sixteen <laughs> ninety five. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, I like the logo. Let me just copy that. We, now we have a logo. Yeah, he said he sent me a note saying, you know, I just made up a logo because you guys apparently don't have one. <laughs> yeah, we do now. <laughs> we do now. Yeah, it's true. We do now. Great. So it's yeah, and, uh, this is pretty funny. Uh, I like these. What is this? Proud citizen of Gitmo Nation. That's funny. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, and I decided what we should do is we're going to bring out a, 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 a T-shirt. These are limited editions. We're going to roll them out for a month or two, maybe, and then we're going to just do a new one. And we're, and the old ones are going to be discontinued. And that's going to, you know, hopefully uh, get people to uh, collect them. So here's the only thing: shouldn't there be uh, a URL or something or some place to go to? Maybe on the back of the T-shirt? Mm-hmm. Is it only on the front? No, we're gonna. I, I wanted to make that. So this is a test. I just want to do okay. something simple, so it would be you know people would wonder what it was, and then you might have to ask the guy wearing the shirt, "What the hell's that? What do you mean, proud this is a citizen test. of Gitmo only Nation? What are you talking about? <laughs> proud citizen of what? What is this?" So um, then they'd say, well, there's a pod show named No Agenda. You can go to, you can find it at curry.com and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Dvork.org. Dvork. Dvork.org slash blog. I guess, you know, you could have put that on there, but no. All right, man. You really got to turn on your speaker next time. I get a lot of slap back. It's interesting you don't use headphones. I do use headphones when I do the uh, Tech 5 and some other stuff, but with, when I'm doing these back-and-forth podcasts, it, it's just uh, easier for me not to. Huh. Well, I should try that next time. And it's an hour and ten minutes, and, you know, is it with the headphones on, I mean, it's just like your ears get sweaty, you get fungus. 
<laughs> Full of fungus in Gitmo Nation East. Uh, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here in Gitmo Nation West, also known as Northern Silicon Valley. We'll talk to you again next week right here on No Agenda.